Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast, the best podcast ever. We are talking about Of Human Bondage, chapter 98. Uh, Philip is a silly boy. It's kind of a generic discussion prompt. Um, and you could pretty much use the same discussion prompt for every chapter so far. Um... Well, we have, what even happened in yesterday's chapter? Oh, yeah, he lost all his money. <laughs> what an idiot. Uh, Kutili said, Do you think Philip will try to enlist and serve as an army medic, given his bankruptcy and dreams of working as a doctor in faraway lands? This seems like a possible way out. His club foot might get in the way, though. It would be interesting to see him in a South African setting, maybe even in one of those infamous disease-stricken concentration camps where the British intern interned the Boer civilians. Hey, um, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's going to go that way. Maybe he's going to enlist and go and do some um, work as a medic in the army. I don't think he could be a medic because of his foot, but I'm sure he could do something... Um, yeah, I'm sure he could do something. I'm Norwegian says, I didn't entirely catch the chapter. The wind was so strong today that I could barely hear the podcast, even with sound counselling headphones. Did Philip lose 350 pounds on those stocks? I did get the impression that Philip is going to have to take advantage of the increased need for doctors due to the war. Uh, that must have been some very loud wind. I'm Norwegian. Uh, yes, he did lose 350 pounds. He lost all of his money except for seven pounds, I think he had left, is what it said. Laura Wystitch said, "Just uh, Philip just makes one terrible decision after another. I can't believe he didn't even consider the possibility that his investment wouldn't pay off. This really brings us to a turning point in the story. Something needs to happen. I think you're right. I think, yeah, it's a turning point, isn't it? Something's got to change dramatically from here on because... Well, his whole plan of, you know, surviving until the end of medical school off his $400 that he had, 400 pounds, I should say, um, well, that just went out the window. That's not going to happen anymore. Um, all right, let's keep reading, shall we? Let's read chapter 99. Looks like a bit of a short chapter. Let's get into it. Philip began to pawn his clothes. He reduced his expenses by eating only one meal a day beside his breakfast, and he ate it, bread and butter and cocoa, at four so that it should last him till next morning. He was so hungry by nine o'clock that he had to go to bed. He thought of borrowing money from Lawson, but the fear of a refusal held him back. At last he asked him for five pounds. Lawson lent it with pleasure, but as he did so, he said, "'You'll let me have it back in a week or so, won't you? I've got to pay my framer.' and I'm awfully broke just now. Philip knew he would not be able to return it, and the thought of what Lawson would think made him so ashamed that in a couple of days he took the money back untouched. Lawson was just going out to luncheon and asked Philip to come too. Philip could hardly eat. He was so glad to get some solid food. On Sunday he was sure of a good dinner from Athelney. He hesitated to tell the Athelneys what had happened to him, they had always looked upon him as comparatively well-to-do, and he had a dread that they would think less well of him if they knew he was penniless. Though he had always been poor, the possibility of not having enough to eat 
had never occurred to him. It was not the sort of thing that happened to people among whom he lived, and he was as ashamed as if he had some disgraceful disease. The situation in which he found himself was quite outside the range of his experience. He was so taken aback that he did not know what else to do than to go on at the hospital. He had a vague hope that something would turn up. He could not quite believe that what was happening to him was true. And he remembered how, during his first term at school, he had often thought his life was a dream from which he would awake to find himself once more at home. But very soon he foresaw that in a week or so he would have no money at all. He must set about trying to earn something at once. If he had been qualified, even with a club foot, he could have gone out to the Cape, since the demand for medical men was now great. Except for his deformity, he might have enlisted in one of the Yemenry regiments, which were constantly being sent out. He went to the secretary of the medical school and asked if he could give him the coaching of some backward student, but the secretary had out, held out no hope of getting him anything of the sort. Philip read the advertisement columns of the medical papers and he applied for the post of unqualified assistant to a man who had a dispensary in the Fulham Road. When he went to see him, he saw the doctor glance at his club foot and on hearing that Philip was only in his fourth year at the hospital, he said at once that his experience was insufficient. Philip understood that this was only an excuse. The man would not have an assistant who might not be as active as he wanted. Philip turned his attention to other means of earning money. He knew French and German and thought there might be some chance of finding a job as correspondence clerk. It made his heart sink, but he set his teeth. There was nothing else to do. Though too shy to answer the advertisements, which demanded a personal application, he replied to those which asked for letters, but he had no experience to state and no recommendations. He was conscious that neither his German nor his French was commercial. He was ignorant of the terms used in business, he knew neither shorthand nor typewriting. He could not help recognising that his case was hopeless. He thought of writing to the solicitor who had been his father's executor, but he could not bring himself to, for it was contrary to his express advice that he had sold the mortgages in which his money had been invested. He knew from his uncle that Mr Nixon thoroughly disapproved of him. He had gathered from Philip's year in the accountant's office that he was idle and incompetent, I'd sooner starve, Philip muttered to himself. Once or twice the possibility of suicide presented itself to him. It would be easy to get something from the hospital dispensary, and it was a comfort to think that if the worst came to worst, he had at hand means of making a painless end of himself. But it was not a course that he considered seriously. When Mildred had left him to go with Griffiths, his anguish had been so great that he wanted to die in order to get rid of the pain. He did not feel like that now. He remembered that the casualty... Cas casualty sister had told him how people oftener did away with themselves for want of money than for want of love and he chuckled when he thought that he was an exception he wished only that he could talk his worries over with somebody but he could not bring himself to confess them he was ashamed he went on looking for work he left his rent unpaid for three weeks explaining to his landlady that he could that he would get money at the end of the month she did not say anything, but pursed her lips and looked grim. When the end of the month came and she asked if, he'd, if it would be convenient for him to pay something on account, it made him feel very sick to say that he could not. He told her he would write for it to his uncle, and he was sure to be able to settle his bill on the following Saturday. Well, I hope you will, Mr. Carey, because I have my rent to pay and I can't afford to let accounts run on. 
She did not speak with anger, but with determination. That was rather frightening. She paused for a moment and then said, If you don't pay next Saturday, I shall have to complain to the secretary of the hospital. Oh, yes, that, that'll be all right. She looked at him for a little and glanced around the bare room. When she spoke, it was without any emphasis, as though it were quite a natural thing to say. I've got a nice hot joint downstairs, and if you like to come down to the kitchen, you're welcome to a bit of dinner. Philip felt himself redden to the soles of his feet and caught a sob in his throat. Thank you very much, Mrs Higgins, but I am not at all hungry. Very good, sir. When she left the room, Philip threw himself on his bed. He had to clench his fists in order to prevent himself from crying. All right, there we go. There's another chapter down. Silly, 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 silly boy. Now, Philip. Um, now he's too proud to, to admit that he's this broke. Come on, buddy. You need to. You need to get help. <laughs> Have your say on this chapter at the subreddit. Thanks very much for listening, and I will see you tomorrow.